0: they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BDW route. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
1: Love Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody, and
0: welcome to Talking in Circles. I am Clayton Caldwell with Spencer Cowan and Philip Matthew here tonight as we're breaking down Phoenix, reviewing what happened this weekend at Phoenix. It was a wild race for Joey Logano. He went to victory lane, but had two major issues on pit road, was able to work his way up through the field and get his, get the victory. Um, We'll also preview Atlanta. Got a fun race in this weekend. It's a great racetrack. Tears up your tires. Of course, we all love that doubleheader on Saturday. Of course, you have the Xfinity race, and then, of course, the Truck Series race, where a lot of eyes will be on because of Chase Elliott and the bounty. Other drivers going forward as well. We'll discuss that. And we'll take your phone calls at 917 889 8280 here tonight on Talking in Circles. But first, let's discuss the Fan Shield 500 from Phoenix Raceway. Uh, it was Joey Logano going to Victory Lane. Logano, a driver who, uh, you know, like I said he, earlier, had a couple of issues. Um, you know, one, they had a. a, a tire violation the tire got away from his pit crew then the next one the jack did not work on the left side of the car they had to try to jack the car up on the left side and it just would not work logano lost a lot of track position both times but was able to work his way up through the field and get the victory uh i thought a very very impressive win for him um you know we saw him win on the on the final half package and we saw him come out and win here uh, at phoenix on sunday i thought it was a, a very impressive win from that standpoint very impressive that he was able to work his way through the field and get the victory. Um, what were your thoughts, Philip Matthew, when you watched uh, Joe Logano and his victory there on Sunday?
2: And, I mean, it's it's good for him and Paul Wolf and that combination to, you know, battle through the issues they had on pit road and whatever else. And, you know, with the craziness of restarts that they have there at Phoenix to be able to make the right moves and be in the right position, um, kind of using uh, Brad and, you know, Bullen's call to not pick and, uh, you know, kind of to their advantage and some other things. Uh, that combination, I, you know, I felt like when I heard that amongst this whole crew chief sloth, I, I had this feeling that Joey and, and Paul were going to do a lot of good big. And it's going to be a long time that they're going to be doing good things together. And it's just been a very solid start winning. I mean, for that's a great momentum, obviously, early in the season, taking into account that they're going to be running at Phoenix in the final race of the season. I don't know how much correlation there will be they'll be able to use, because who knows how much P.J. 1 they'll put down, how many changes they'll make. Dono to win that race and be able to kind of, you know, go through some adversity and still come through is a good sign for him, for the 22 team. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's just a positive sign for them as they move forward into the rest of the season. But now you have two wins. None of the, only, look what is it, Hamlin one for Toyota. And uh, they have good momentum going uh, into some of the is isn't going to be as big of an issue having to bring back stuff or bring uh, R... It's more of an R&D thing where you can just kind of take a, a swing at it here the next couple of weeks. Good for him. I mean, you could. There's, like, Harvick and Chase Elliott were up there. We're dominant-type guys. And, uh, of course, Brad showed a lot of uh, winning a segment and uh, having a chance late, too. So, uh, I mean, after he got rest- by Hamlin, and uh, so the it's a good thing to see for Penske in general that the crew chief thing has kind of worked itself out. Um, now the 2 and the 12 have had calls that probably didn't work out so well from them, but it's working for Logano. So we'll uh, see how it goes the rest of the season for the Penske guys. Um, you know, we're curious to see how Harvick and Elliott will do uh, this week at Atlanta, which Right.
0: Yeah. Listen, it's going to be a, uh, it's very interesting, you know, to see how this season is going to play out just because there's a lot of up in the air here. The schedule changed a little bit. We usually see Atlanta, the second race of the year, then they're done. But now here we are uh, in the fifth race of the year, going back to Atlanta for the fifth, fifth race of the year. And then of course we've got Homestead, which is usually at the tail end of the year uh, for the finale. That's the sixth race of the year. Now we're usually where Martinville is. So, and then of course we go to Texas. So three straight mile and a half tracks, um a lot there are very different mile and a half racetracks. So that's gonna be fun. Um but it's gonna be interesting to see exactly who to me this is gonna be the better our bread and butter. When we get out of these three races, we're gonna know at least who's uh who's a contender and who's a pretender, I think, um at, unless there's some major changes going on with these race cars. Um how about, so while I mention that as far as contenders and pretenders, Spencer, uh quick question for you. Um you know, and, and, and give me your thoughts on the race on, on, as well on Sunday. But my question to you is, is Joey Logano the early championship favorite here? I, I mentioned, you know, uh, keep in mind what his season has been. You know, Daytona you can kind of throw out, and, and it's a crapshoot. shoot. But, uh, you know, he went out and won uh, at Las Vegas, uh, 50, led 54 laps, a pretty good win. Fontana, he was running up front, but the car did not handle very well at the end of that race. Uh, he lost a lot of positions, ended up 12th. But then again, of course, I talk about Phoenix with the first short track package, and he goes out there and, uh, and wins and, and passes a lot of cars. Didn't do it dominantly, lead, didn't dominate. You know, I think the track position really hurt him, losing the track position twice. But is Joe Logano, in your mind, the championship, early championship contender here, or championship
1: favorite here as we get ready to go into Atlanta? Uh, no, I don't. Just because he has two wins and he's won half of them so far, we've only been through four races. I mean, his his teammate Ryan Blaney has been up front more than he has. Led more laps. He's just had bad luck. So, don't get me wrong. The Penske cars are strong right now, and they're running really good. But um, you also have to think there are a lot of guys making a lot of mistakes. Uh, when them Toyotas find their speed and get their stuff figured out, and these guys, these other top-tier teams that are making mistakes throughout the race, when everybody stops doing that, Joey Logano is going to have a lot harder time, you know, up in the lead. Um, you know, Truex is up there, but he's had bad luck. Um, if it wasn't bad luck, you know, we could say that he could have a win. So, um, I don't think he's the championship favorite. It's still way too early. And, like I said, a lot of guys have had a lot of mistakes. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he's got two wins this year, and that's more than what I got. And so, um, so not taking nothing away from him, I just don't think he's the early champ- early championship favorite. And the racing was good. I thought there was a lot of passing. I mean, we've seen seven – Six wide in the dog leg, um, taking the green flags. I mean, great restarts. Um, There was a lot more passing. I thought you were able to really have battles. The bottom lane didn't quite work. That's just, of course, because there was more grip at the top and you can roll a little bit faster up there. But um, the top lane is where you want it to be. Um, Going into the turn right before the start finish line, you would see the guy on the bottom uh, fall back, even if he had the faster car. So the top lane was. The spot to be, and the racing was good. I enjoyed the race. I've enjoyed every race so far this year. But I, I good job to NASCAR for picking this uh, package or whatever you want to call it for these sh- uh, short tracks, uh, mile, mile and below. So, um, gr- very good racing. Very good racing.
0: I thought the racing was much better, much improved from where we were yeah. a year ago. There's no question about it. Um, you know, when you looked at the package and everything that that happened last year, I just thought it was. You know, Phoenix were, were arguably the two worst races last year, and to go out here this year, and it was a lot of cautions, which was entertaining for sure. Um, you know, I think once these guys settled down and really figured out this package, everything got good. But what I liked is you could just pass, and um, you know, Logano proved that. Uh, I think all the drivers throughout the field proved that. I mean, uh, Truex had to start in the rear again; he was running up in the uh, in the lead pack there until he got wrecked. Um, so yeah, it was it was a uh, a race that certainly. Allowed if, if you had a good enough race car, you could move through the field uh, pretty much at ease um, and I just like the fact that I think the tire was 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 good as well you know um, I, rightfully so we've we've been hard on goodyear a lot on this show and again rightfully so I truly believe that that is a that has been a major problem here but it seems like they've been a little bit more aggressive with the tire this year uh, and I, I like that you know I like the fact that tires fall off and make so much, so much more racing there's tire management and these drivers can actually go out and uh, you know, show their skills a little bit rather than, um, you know, just the, the tire never falls off. And we see, which we've seen a lot in the past. Uh, personally, I think they've been scared to death since the Indianapolis race that they've been, um, you know, scared to death to build a, a tire that falls off a little bit. But uh, Philip, what was your thought on a racing here? And we'll get back to the to the results in a little bit. But what were your thoughts on a racing at Phoenix? Um, it certainly was an improvement from last year, don't you think?
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, the fact that it was funny, Cole Pern uh, came out and said, well, this is a package that supposedly NASCAR wanted, but the RTA voted against it, which is its own story within itself. Um, and the fact is that, to me, I don't really think of Phoenix as being some amazing racetrack for a stock car. I think of it better for the Copper Classic and Indy cars and stuff like that. But In terms of a NASCAR race, the kind of entertainment there was in some ways forced late, but the ability to roll the topics, Spencer was talking, you know, with the PJ1 up there, and then later on driving on the apron, you know, that it was more pronounced in 1 and 2 than, of course, in 3 and 4. I think there's some work they could do in 3 and 4 to possibly assist because of the goofy start-finish line setup they have there. And because they have so much room randomly, I think they could move that one wall and they could really make three and four crazy the same way. Uh, but I, but in terms of a Phoenix NASCAR Cup race, I think it might have been the best one I've ever seen. And uh, credit to whoever. Was, I mean, I don't really get... I, I'll say, like, the, the, give it to the teams for being able to figure out this package. And, and it was what they had a couple of years ago, anyways. I mean, and it works. And honestly, this is what they should be running everywhere 750 or higher horsepower, very low down force, both on the front and rear. And, you know, that's what it should be. These cars have to slide. These cars should be loose. You should be spinning off. You should, If your car tires are falling off, you should be spinning off corners. You know, like that's what it should be. It shouldn't be so stuck. That any of us could go and get in it and be able to drive it. You know, where people who want to get bounties you know, get in on the bounty for Kyle Bush can think that they deserve to be in. You know, like that's, these cars the way they're racing, the kind of action we had, that's what they need. Um, and it was probably the miracle of all miracles that NASCAR wanted so that it doesn't look like moving the finale to was a total, you know, whiff. Uh, it's uh, we'll see what they do. We'll see what happens between now and November. But I have to say that was a very entertaining race. And there was a lot of ability to pass and options with higher strategy and the restart. And it was actually good. I mean, I'm, I'm usually one to be on the negative side on here in general. But, you no, know, that changed I, I enjoyed that race.
0: Yeah, I think that, you know, a couple of key takeaways in this race, I'm preaching to the choir, I agree with you wholeheartedly, even about the mile and a half point where we should be running this package everywhere. I can't agree with that more. Uh, But a couple of of interesting runs we had. First of all, I want to talk on Chase Elliott. I know he finished seventh, but he was strong all day, led 93 laps. I think if you're a Chase Elliott fan, you have to feel really good about that. Another driver you have to feel really good about, and I know this kind of hits home here, is Brad Keselowski. And I know – eleventh isn't exactly really um evident of where he ran all day. He led eighty two laps, but the fact that he was wrecked and uh you know, had some damage on a car and he was able to, to bounce back and finish um in the and and lead some laps and show some speed in that two car uh I, I think that's a positive. The other positive to take away from this race, uh was rookie uh Tyler Reddick, who just I mean one of the more impressive runs we've seen from a rookie in a long time. Started towards yep. the middle of the field, and he was, he was unbelievable until he got wrecked. Uh, you know, he was up in fifth. Looked like he was going to, at one point, go to the top three. Um, and then he had his problems there. I don't know if it was wrecked, but he might have blew a tire. Had some issues there. And, uh, unfortunately, you know, Redick ended up in the 33rd position. But for those three guys, those three guys really stick out to me, Spencer. Uh, and then we'll let Philip comment on it about those three guys, Chase, Reddick, and um, uh, Brad Kozlowski. Who's, who was more impressive to you of those three, Spencer? Was it Chase with leading the, leading the most laps, Brad coming back after an accident, or Reddick in the fact that it was just,
1: you know, his sixth cup race and going up there competing with the big guys? I would have to say Reddick just because, like I said on last show, Elliot was my guy to win. You know, he's that team has uh, found a lot at that – well, they – come together really well at that racetrack and they run really well um you know we look back at 2017 when he almost won it went to the final four and ever since then they've always been decent and uh he had a lot of speed and practice and he it reminded me of the bowman thing he was fast when they unloaded and uh like bowman was at fontana so hendrick has found some speed and then uh for brad you know when he wrecked he really didn't get a lot of damage and um i knew he had a fast car. So with him not with him having that slight bit of damage, I knew he could come back with you know um, some nice pit stops, and he did. You mentioned it; you ran really well, uh, won a stage, and was you know showed that you know owners ought to start looking for him. I mean, he's a champion, so um, you expect that from him to run up front. You are Redick, like you said, um, to go up there and battle in second, third for a little bit or wherever it was, right around the top five, um, is good. Knowing that RCR struggled. And uh, Austin Dillon ought to be worried because I didn't see him anywhere up there um, even before he had his incident. So um, good job to Reddick. He's a hell of a race car driver. He's not a two-time champion for nothing So, in the Xfinity Series. So hats off to him and that eight bunch. Um, he, seen, he posted a video after the race leaving the track that he's very confident about the future there with the eight teams. So um, maybe they found a little bit of speed and uh, can keep that momentum rolling. And who knows, he could pull off an upset win and lock himself into the playoffs. Listen, I think he could definitely – I don't know about the win,
0: but he could definitely get himself in on points if he's going to run that way all year. And I think what RCR has done here to kind of go off the track a little bit is, if you remember last year, they they had cars that really qualified really well. Uh, Austin sat on a couple of poles. They were in the top five a lot. Uh, they qualified really good, and I feel like, you know, with, with the package, especially with the um, mile-and-a-half package, you can put a little bit more uh, downforce in your race car – it seems like RCR going that way instead of instead of uh, you know putting the car putting so much speed in the car and it would not show up in the race and they'd go away in the race. They've kind of flip flopped that a little bit this year. And the proof was with Redick. I mean, Redick qual- was qualified in the back, so did Austin Dillon, as you mentioned. But Redick actually worked his way up and got to the to the front um, and, and was really really good. Uh, how about you? Philip? I mean, those three again. I know one hits home to you, but uh, Chase Elliott. Brad Kozlowski and Tyler Reddick; those three really stick out to me as far as drivers who uh, were really impressive um, w- with all the situation they were with the situation they were given there uh, yeah. at Phoenix. Who was more impressive to you in your eyes?
2: I I mean for me it's it's Reddick. I've been a you know earlier in this in the year when we were doing previews and discussing stuff. I've been high on. Reddick, going back to last year in the Xfinity series, um, I find the fact that in what is it, however many third race, fourth, fifth race, whatever, fourth race of the of the year, he starts 29th, basically tailback, as Rusty would say, and goes and drives up to the front with relative ease, and his car is good. Him and Randall Burnett are hitting the set up. And he was up there, and he had a real chance to win the three. And, and I don't remember the last time I said that legitimately about an RCR car. It's probably when, not even when Newman won at Phoenix a few years ago. It's really going back to like when Harvick was there. And Dylan has had to, you know, start actually trying to drive. He's been coasting for years. And he's pushing and he's making mistakes. And it's because Pop Pop likes this guy. And he knows that this is the guy that could possibly bring him back to the glory days. And that's the thing that, that stood out the most. Brad, I mean, Brad's not really had great luck at, at Phoenix and generally fed it after the league. Uh, they pitted, you know, one caution probably too late. In term, they probably should have pitted the one caution that they didn't pit, and then they pitted one caution away amongst all the wreck. Uh, but, you know, to be up there, up front, and really stand out and have a chance at Phoenix at a track that hasn't generally been one of Brad's best uh, in a year where there's a whole lot of turmoil and things going on, not only him, that whole group, uh, they did a really good job there, and I, I'm pleasantly, you know, surprised with that as a fan and hope that there's more of that to come going to one of his best racetracks at Atlanta. And, you know, with Chase, something has happened every race this year with uh, with the good old Clyde. But the fact is he's fast. He's been one of the fastest cars. Him and Blaney have been up there all year. Like, Spencer's talked about Blaney. I mean, he got wrecked for no reason. And, you know, he lost like fifty-something points uh, because of that between the stage points and the actual points. And the but Chase has been a fast every week. He's he's going to win, and he's going to win a lot. Uh, Hendrick is fast, and uh, I I mean, of course, Bowman's won. Chase is going to win for sure. I think you know the possibility of Jimmy winning number eighty-four is out there. Uh, I think there's a real strong possibility for this year as well. Uh, But, you know, Chase has had something happening every week, and uh, he's still getting decent energy. So, I mean, one of these days they're going to get it all together, and and they're going to put put a race together. I mean, those are guys that definitely did stand out. I'll, I'll put one other misnomer there that people wouldn't think of. Cole Custer got his best finish of his cup career. Uh, got a ninth place finish, and uh, he hadn't been out really doing much. There's a couple of races this year that he was completely out to lunch, and then you go and put together a weekend, and actually, you know, with some strategy, some a ninth place for him in a very tight uh, rookie battle.
0: Yeah, it's going to be tight. There's no question, and especially with Reddick. And I'll say this, guys. I know I asked your opinions on on Reddick. Uh, you know, I was, uh, two years ago, I was probably in a boat of saying, well, Reddick kind of bought his way up. He really hadn't impressed me a lot. You know, even when he won a championship, you're like, well, he won one race. You know, he didn't, he didn't even really win homestead. He just, you know, ran the better of the four. And let me see and when last year he completely changed my mind. And, uh, you know, uh, that's for a good thing. I love seeing young drivers come in here who can really race and elevate their teams you know, we haven't seen a young driver do that in a long time, and if he can do that at RCR and really bring RCR back to um, where they were used to five, ten years ago, um, I think that's only a positive. And, you know, it's one race. I'm not trying to get too crazy. Redick, but Redick's proven in the Xfinity Series he can win. There's no question about that. Um, but there's one, it's one race. There's no doubt. Um, you know, Maybe we'll make it too much. But I think everybody who saw what they saw on Sunday and, and give a call to Randall Burnett as well, the crew chief for that organization, that eight team. Um, you know, he's, he's brought up, he's a second, this is the second time as a cup series crew chief. Uh, it seems like a lot of these guys who maybe start off, um, you know, with teams that are middle of the road to the back. Um, and then they find their way back to the cup series again, all of a sudden they start to run really good. You know, Burnett was a crew chief for the 47 with AJ Allmendinger for a little while went down to the Xfinity Series with RCR, a kind of a, a – when he, they hired him, he was sort of um, you know a guy that nobody really wanted and was like, wow, that's kind of a surprise hire they put, picked up Randall Burnett. But, you know, he won a championship with Redick last year, and um, it seems like they, they have some things going on here with this eight car. That's somebody to keep, definitely keep an eye on if they can put it all together this year and be strong uh, and compete for a playoff spot. I mean, I don't think that's a lot of things, you know, compete for a playoff spot and maybe even compete for wins. I think there'd be a lot of a lot of good stuff there for RCR because they really haven't had that. Even with Newman, you mentioned it, Philip. Even with Newman, they they've been okay, but they haven't really been. Uh, they they're okay there, but they haven't won races on a consistent basis. If Reddick can get back to that point, uh, that would certainly be a game changer for RCR and everybody around that. Uh, real quick, guys, just want to discuss the Xfinity race, LS tractor 200. From uh, Phoenix, Brandon Jones wound up in Victor Linden. It was Harrison Burton, Kyle Bush, Brad Kozlowski, Justin Haley, Chase Briscoe, Noah Gregson, Austin Cedric, Ross Chastain, and Riley Herpshire top ten. Um, anything that stood out to you there, Philip? Uh, real quick here on the Xfinity Series, and then I'll get Spencer's take before we move on to the bounty.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I did pick Kyle Busch, and I thought it was uh, it was going to happen, and somehow another rock shot got him. And uh, I mean, Joe Gibbs getting a 1-2-3 finish up, not surprising. Uh, the fact that Brandon Jones beat Kyle Busch, I can only imagine what that really will mean in the long term for him, the guy who's basically been at this for years because of his dad and, and all that, to go and beat the guy who's the greatest driver in that series history uh, is something. Uh, And uh, Harrison Burton getting another solid finish. Um, No, Not that many views of Kim, so that was great for the world as well. Uh, You have two cup champions, three total championships between those guys, and they finished third and fourth, and they really weren't the fastest cars out there per se. I mean, yeah, Cobbler's led 78 laps, but Justin Allgaier probably had the best car, and they strategy went awry for them. And, you know, so it's good to see Xfinity regulars being able to accumulate the points and keep the playoff points and all that, so it builds towards their championship.
0: For sure. I, I totally agree with you there. Um, how about you, Spencer? Uh, Xfinity race, anything really stand out to you? It was a uh, Bush got beat. I mean, that's kind of cool, you know, for a lot of people. Allgaier, again, just seems like, you know, they have speed in that seven car, and then all of a sudden, the last couple of weeks, they just haven't really been able to put it together at the end of the race um, to find it. But uh, they've certainly had a little bit better speed there at Junior Motorsports, at least the seven car has. Um, you know, that was awful all weekend. Gregson was okay. Um, but what were your thoughts on on the Xfinity Series race um, on Saturday?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure everybody thought Kyle Bush was going to win, but if you ask me, I wouldn't say Kyle really had the best car. Um, he was awful in mm-hmm. one of the practices, and um, everybody's – I mean, he did get beat, but everybody's saying Jones is a big deal now because he beat Kyle Busch. Well, Harrison Burton beat him too, so you um, mm-hmm. can't leave him out. Um, Busch said after the race, his front tires were shot. So, I mean, if Busch had a good car, there's no way in hell Jones would have beat him. Um so I think everybody just needs to calm down on that a little bit, but no, it's good for Jones. I think it's good for his career. Um, it was, it was a decent race. Uh, the best car didn't win. Uh, I would say the seven was pretty strong and as Philip touched on it, um, just the pitch strategy didn't fall on their hands. So unfortunate. Um, and that's how racing is. Sometimes the best car don't always win. So, um, I guess, you know, Toyota, um, that's, it's a bummer that they got one, two, three, but Joe Gibbs, at least their Xfinity program is uh top notch and um I'm sure they want their cup program to be the same. So uh good run for Toyota. Um congrats to Brendan Jones and that team I guess.
0: Yeah, I'll say this about all guy and he had speed and there's no question. I hated that call when it was happening. I know there there was some praise on the rate on the T V about it, but to me he could have beat anybody heads up that day. He was just as fast. So I don't understand why you gotta do a, a different strategy. It would make sense maybe if you were a sixth to seventh place car and you took the t- and you sat there and said, We'll sit on our tires and we'll hope for late caution because that's the only way we're gonna win this race. But I think Allgaier could have won it straight up uh with tires, mm-hmm. and that's what I didn't really understand uh about that. Now I know you know Briscoe also was on the same strategy, he took fresh tires, finished sixth. Um, so maybe they wouldn't have worked their way up. But he was way better than Briscoe all day. All day, So uh, that that was a little bit of a head-scratcher to me on that seven car. I didn't like the fact that, um, you know, and obviously they probably guaranteed themselves a win if they if they get a caution. But I just didn't like that strategy at the end. I thought I, as soon as they did it, you know, and I know I was, I was in my arms. As soon as they did it, I said, take tires. I hate sitting there going, man, we have – it's like when the coach, when you see a coach and, and they lose a close game in the NFL and you go, man, we have three time, two timeouts still on the board – what are we doing? Yeah. How do we still have those two timeouts? You know, we need better clock management at the end of those games. Now, sometimes the game the way it falls. You not get. You can't. You know, there's no really sense in using those timeouts. But still, you feel better when you burn them. You feel better when you when you exhausted every avenue to go up there and try and win a race. And to me, leaving a set of fresh sticker tires in the pits when you ha- when everybody else had them, it uh, didn't make a ton of sense. Especially when you had a really really fast race car like the seven car was so yeah it didn't play into their hands for sure um and it's only one race but uh it's something that i, I think they, if they had to do over again i think it would have changed that up a little bit let's focus on the truck series race this weekend at atlanta motor speedway next here guys uh bounty first race of the bounty is here obviously um you know if you're not if you've been buried under a rock i don't know where you've been the last couple of weeks but, uh, obviously, Kevin Harvick put out a $50,000 bounty. So did Marcus Limonis, the owner of Camping World and uh, other companies uh, around the world, um, put another $50,000. So $100,000 to any cup driver who will come down to the series and beat – full-time cup driver who will come down to the series and beat Kyle Busch. So those drivers here who are eligible, John Hunter Nemechek, uh, he's got to make the race. They missed Daytona, so it's not as a uh, de- deadlock as you think. And that eight-truck – um, the next guy on the list would be uh, Chase Elliott, driving a 24 for uh, GMS Racing, of course. Brennan Poole, now he's got a long – he's a long shot, there's no question, but he's running for cup points. On Point Motorsports, a second truck there, number 29. He's a guy that can go out there uh, and get – and is eligible for the bounty if something should happen. So those three guys, really, guys, are, are the big dudes here as far as uh, oh, the uh, bounty gate oh. is concerned. J.J. Uh, J. Gilly is running for cup points, but – you know, let's be honest. I don't yeah, know yeah, how much yeah, speed yeah. that thirty-three is going to have. Uh, Yaley is running for a couple points, so you're right. Um, but that thirty-three, it's going to be interesting to see God, how that plays everybody. out because they got they don't. Yes, for sure. Um, so, of those four guys, I guess you could say. Um, we'll start with with Phillip here since we started Spencer last time. Um, who do you think has a shot at the best shot? Is it Chase? Uh, is it John Hunter? Um, who do you think is going to get the best shot at going out there and, and knocking off Kyle Bush?
2: I mean, the best shot is Clyde and the GMS Chevy and the Hooters truck. I mean, there's there's no way that any of those other teams can compete in terms of equipment, whatever. I mean, I know John Hunter, I think they probably did a little more on between now and since Daytona uh, working with the 38 team with front row and DGR Crosley. I think all of them are kind of in a conglomeration now. So uh, they just had, they had great race trucks, but the problem was they had so much drag and there was a new body and they couldn't qualify that. And they didn't have points because both John Hunter and Pops and didn't miss, the front or Joe missed the race. So they both were going to be fast in the race. I think they'll be okay here at uh, Atlanta, because it's more about handling, so that downforce, that extra downforce, a little more drag, should be fine. Of course, 38 trucks are 32 spots, and I don't know how many get locked in. I don't know if it's like 26 or 28, so there's like 10 trucks, I think, for four spots, so it'll and it doesn't say who's locked in, who isn't locked in, so it's kind of confusing, but the easy answer is Clyde, and I mean, I would think John Hunter, if he does get a chance, would have would do something. Better.
0: Yeah, for sure. And and don't forget, you know, there's other guys out there who can top him. That's where I'll go with you, Spencer. I mean, let's talk about the uh, Truck Series regulars. We saw an Xfinity Series regular beat him in the Xfinity Series last week. Um, not a really a ton of of incentive. I think the incentive is out for um, you know Chris, from Chris Larson and Hallmark International there. He put fifty grand out for any uh, Truck Series regular Look looked like that can go out and beat Kyle Busch. Uh, who's your, who do you think of those guys, the uh, Truck Series regulars, who do you think has got a good chance at, at knocking off Kyle Bush there uh, for this bounty in the uh, Bet Ticks Camping World
1: 200 at Atlanta Motor Speedway? Yeah, I don't know. That's kind of tough. I mean, he's been out there seven times and basically just opened up a can of you-know-what on him. He's just that good. It's so hard to beat that guy, and you gotta respect what he's doing. I mean, it's great to sit here and witness what he's able to do, Um, because we'll probably never see another guy like him. We probably won't. Um, I don't know. You got Johnny Sauter out there. You got Matt Crafton. You know, they're veterans, champions, but they have to have the speed. You know, if your car don't have speed, you know, you're not gonna get up there and beat Kyle Busch. And he seems to always have speed. Um, You know, Sheldon. The only guy who gave him a run for his money was Sheldon Creed you know he stayed you know it was a drag race around that track for 3 4 or 5 laps and you know they were battling back and forth and that was fun um these young kids are going to you know Jeff Burton said it best on NBC this money isn't going to make them want to go win more when you put on your helmet you want to win anyways this is just a bonus um so it's it's tough it really is tough to say um this And this thing has its pros and cons. You know, I think it's good for the sport. Um, It's bringing a lot of publicity to the truck series. It's going to put more butts in the seats. I do have one issue, and I just want to touch on it real quick. People always gripe about Kyle Busch being in the truck series, and they hate it. But it's okay for Chase Elliott to come over in the truck series, and they're jumping to the moon about it. I don't think that's right. Chase Elliott is a cup driver just like Kyle Busch. If you don't like cup drivers in it, then you shouldn't like Chase Elliott being in it. So you can't give Kyle Bush for giving crap for being in it. If Chase Elliott's gonna be in it, you should give him crap too. Kyle Bush wins because he's that good. It's he just is. Mm-hmm. And that's one oh. thing I don't like about it. But it does have its pros it does have its pros and cons. I think it's great. Um, it's fun, but that's the issue I have with it. People kinda need to lay off Kyle Bush if they're okay with the other Cub drivers coming in and doing it.
0: Oh, for sure, and Larson's going to try and do it if it's not done here at Atlanta at Homestead. Um, so yeah, uh, no, I agree with you there. Uh, you know, it's it's. I personally, and and this is a topic, and I know we can debate about this all night for from people, but I think personally, you know, what had happened with with the Xfinity series and the Truck series is we just gotten too many companion events, and I just think that when when you had too many companion events, you had the same guys running the races. You know, uh, Kyle was on the track three times the weekend. He, You know, that's – not only did he have more experience, but he had more experience that weekend. He was in cup equipment. And the limit is a good thing because th- I don't think the companion races are going away anytime soon. I would – listen, I, I, if, if you told me tomorrow, listen, the companion races with the Xfinity Series are going away. You know, they're going to run Myrtle Beach. They're going to run New uh, South Boston. They're going to run – you know, and I know Myrtle Beach is, is pretty much gone now. Uh, you know, but all different racetracks throughout the country, I would I – would, be jumping for joy, but I'm also realistic, and I understand that that's not going to happen, so the limit is the best thing for to me, uh, as far as that debate is concerned, because it limits the guys that we see, you know, it also gives these these guys who don't have a big name, you know, the Xfinity Series tagline names are made here, for a while, it wasn't. You know, we have, what, Austin Dillon or Ty Dillon win one race in the Xfinity Series and run for the championship, it just didn't make a lot of sense, so you know to, to limit the cup guys, I thought it was a good thing, and, and I know um, you know that that's my thing is is just you you're taking away any opportunity for uh, drivers that really need the publicity to win races. you know look at Daniel Hemrick. We didn't talk about his his tweet this week, which was eventually pulled, but he came out and said, listen, I've been doing a bad job racing for the last fourteen weeks, fourteen months. Um, you know but his biggest knock is that he doesn't have a win in Xfinity trucks or anywhere. Um, and you know, totally a, a in a lot of people's mind, better just by having one more win. So the fact that we are limiting cup guys, I think it makes more sense that way. Uh, I know that was kind of a roundabout way to your, to sort of answer your question there, Spencer. But yeah, it, it's I agree with you. I think it, it's kind of is a double edged sword as far it is a uh, you know talking out of both sides of your mouth. They should say when people complain about Bush being down here and then celebrate when Chase Elliott. Is down there, but um, yeah, it's gonna be interesting. So uh, it's a double header weekend trucks, and then we go to the Xfinity Series, of course, NASCAR Xfinity Series racing uh, at Atlanta Motor Speedway, of course, it's that Saturday as well. 36 cars, all of cars are gonna make the event. It's the Echo Park 250 NASCAR Xfinity Series racing. Uh, so far, you know, we talked a little bit uh, about the Xfinity Series here, Philip, um, but what are your thoughts as far as who could be competitive here at Atlanta Motor Speedway uh, on Saturday? Who you got as, as maybe winning, and, and what do you expect to see as far as the racing is concerned?
2: I think it's going to be a, a battle between uh, the 20 and the 98, which I think is going to be the eventual battle for Saul Guy or if him and his team get out of their own way. I think it will be... Um, Kim Burton's son and uh, Chase, Chase Briscoe doing uh, their thing. And uh, it's, that's going to be interesting on a track that has no grip and uh, the tires go away. And I think it fits Chase's style very well. And Harrison is somebody who's a quick learner, always has been. The truck probably didn't fit him. But ever since he, any time he's been in an Xfinity car, he's been in a car, it seems like he does very well. He's done well at rock racetracks, like in late models, with the, you know, snowball derby and stuff. But running in the Xfinity series is a whole different animal. I do believe those two and Allgaier are going to be up there. I would, uh, my personal bias aside, you know, I, I think Briscoe is a favorite to win I think the Ford, the two Fords that are out there are Probably have a good time, you know, with Ken will go and give him some
0: support and something, whatever, and then I think there's a chance to do. Listen, I, yeah, the only thing I want about Hamick is I just get concerned about his conference being shot. You know, and to me that's where an owner steps in and I don't mean to you know, hopefully he did this and I don't mean to I've never owned a race team, but there's gotta be somebody to sit there after seeing that tweet and say, dude, Come talk to me. Come sit down and let's boost your. Let's get you know have a conversation with the kid. And, and there's no doubt yeah. I'm, it's a competitive sport. I understand you're frustrated uh, for sure. Um, you know he, he's a a a guy who I think knows that this year is it. It's make or break for him, and you know he has to take these 21 races and make the most of them. And he knows you know he blew an opportunity uh, last week to win a race, and it's not easy. You know nobody's gonna say it's easy, but uh, he just needs to calm down a little bit and maybe get his confidence back up. And to be after an owner steps in, at least a good owner steps in and says, hey, you know, let's go, kid. Let's see let's, what you got. You know, I, I got confidence in you. I trust you. You know, put his, put your arm around him a little bit and say, we're here for you. We hired you for a reason. We know you can win races. We know you got it in you. So let's go out there and do that. And, and I would assume somebody in that organization did that this weekend. Uh, and it should be interesting to see if it will play a role uh this week at um Atlanta how about you Spencer when you look at the Xfinity Series race um who do you got who do you think is going to be fast here moving on um to the Xfinity Series race who do you think is going to be fast and, and who do you think could potentially go to victory lane Spencer uh, i think a little bit of trouble there just let us know when you when you get back but yeah we got no, me. um yeah we got you now Please how go. about the Xfinity Series race who do you think can go out there and uh and compete for a win
1: Well, all guy are in the junior motorsports bunch, they seem to have speed. Um, he finished their third last year. Um and Custer and Bell uh finished first one and two there last year in that race and they're no longer there no more. So I would have to say that Custer is a good pick. Um you know there's I would like to say Chastain would like to come around and have a little bit of luck on his side. He hasn't been that hot so far this year. Um I'd like to see those cars start coming around and show some more speed and run up front. He's running up front, but the finishes just never seem to be there. They're always around the seventh, eighth, and ninth. And uh, but I would have to say, Allgaier is probably my to go out there and show somebody. But it's Briscoe's been dominant. You know, he's been really fast. Um, and Philip touched on that. Yeah, I think that kid's gonna have a big year in that car, and that's good for him. And uh, you know, I don't have a problem with him. I'd like to see him uh when you know quite a few races this year so i'd have to say the 98
0: 7 yeah don't sleep on the 22 either you know i know um he i agree he has a lot of work to do on his on these oval tracks but he was, he was right up there with the 98 there uh at i believe it was um california he was a couple of weeks ago when that 98 one he was right there giving him giving him hell so uh, I think he can do that. Also, the 39. I know maybe he won't go to Victory Lane yet, but some it's Ryan Seeks definitely improved on stuff this year, and I think he's gonna be fast. Uh, yeah, you know uh, about Chastain, and, and I'm very curious to see if this Cup Series deal is affecting him. Now, I think he ran a little bit better last week in the Phoenix, but again, I said it last week on the show, and I'll say it again: I think Phoenix's package for the Cup Series is a little bit more geared towards the Xfinity Series package, where the the Cup Series package here at Atlanta is going to be a lot different than the Xfinity Series package at Atlanta. So it's certainly a good thing he's getting all the Cup experience that he needs uh, for his future, but it also could very well short-term be hurting him in his pursuit for the Xfinity Series championship. So that is the one thing uh, I'm curious to see on if he can kind of combat those those two and say, you know what, Uh, I could do both and prove it, uh, I think that's certainly something to keep an eye on. Also, don't forget, don't sleep on Joe Gibbs either. They had uh, all three car, three or four cars, I should say, last week. Um, really, really, really running good, um, and uh, so they, they could be a factor. I know Philip mentioned Harrison Burton. Uh, don't forget Brandon Jones. Um, you know, he won last week as well, so uh, that could be somebody else. And you know, this is what this Xfinity series we've been kind of waiting on with this series, sort of scratching our head a little bit, saying who's going to be going up there and competing with a lot of these guys um because it's sort of wide open this year and we have gotten that so far it's been sort of wide open whether nobody's really taken it by the horn and and really dominated as of yet you know briscoe can do that maybe brandon jones can do that um chastain hasn't done that just yet maybe all but somebody here in the next couple of weeks harrison burton maybe um can go out there and and certainly figure out um you know the the uh the dominance of this series and really to run away with it. It should be interesting to see. At least we've got a couple of names on top of that here in the next couple of weeks. That's something to keep an eye on for the Xfinity Series Cup. Guys, of course, it's the uh, Folds of Honors Quick Trips 500 from Atlanta Motor Speedway. Uh, 38 cars like we've seen here re- recently. That's pretty, pretty much standard so far uh, in the Cup Series. Um, who do you guys got? We'll start with Spencer here since we started Philip last time. Uh, who do you got in the cup series as far as who do you think is going to, going to run good.
1: You've got a lot of options here. I'm
0: curious to see who you're going to pick.
1: Uh, yeah, first I'll start with, uh, Larson just because, you know, he ran so well in this race last year. Um, I'm not mistaken. I believe he won the first two stages or I could be wrong there, but he dominated. He led a lot of laps. Um, and then just a pit strategy made by his crew chief that does that quite often. Um, cost costing the race. So I'd like to see what they bring back this year. Uh, I think they're going to be really strong. I'd like to see them do really well. And then I'd have to say um, probably Harvey, just because he's so good on that bottom line. Um He runs it better than anybody. Uh, that's the Harvey line. So I think he's going to be really strong. Um, I'm sure they don't want to wait as long as they did to win, like last year. So it'd probably be good. Um, that team probably really wanting to get that win early and go ahead and lock them into the playoffs. And, you know, I'm sure they're going to do it. It's champion, Kevin Harvick, Rodney Childress, great bunch over there at the four, great equipment. But those would be my two guys to probably go out there and um, give everybody a run for the money. Yeah,
0: if tire management is
1: the game here on Sunday, which
0: a lot of people expect it to be, I think Harvick certainly is a favorite to go out there and do that. Um, you know, it's it's wide open because, to me, you know, you can see Toyotas and see whether or not they got their speed back. They see them a mile and a half out, out west, to be a little bit behind the field. But maybe they've put some some uh, information they learned into these race cars here and say, you know what, we learned a little bit out west. We put it into Atlanta and Homestead, and we're going to run really solid. There's something to keep an eye on as well. Um, how about you, Philip? Do you agree? I know you mentioned Harvick a little earlier. Do you agree maybe with, with, Phillip, with Spencer uh, and maybe another name or two that you expect to be really fast? Don't forget, Logano's won two races this year. Uh, Could he be, could he win a third? Uh, What are your thoughts on the uh, cup race here at Atlanta Motor Speedway? Yeah, I mean, I would have, I mean, Spencer's
2: They, I mean, definitely the Harvick because he's become like an, almost a master there at Atlanta, just the way he's able to run the racetrack. I think the Larson pick is good for next week for sure. Um, and of course it'll the irony and all of that is if he goes and wins at homestead it doesn't matter because yeah, he makes it in the playoffs, but it isn't like the final race. But we'll we'll talk about that more next week. I'm gonna go with uh two guys that did well, that finished well in this race last year. Uh the guy who won the race, um, using the momentum from last week, Brad Kozlowski, Let's see, had one of his best race tracks. Can he come through? And get another win, uh, and get himself into the playoff. And then Kurt Busch. So going with the whole uh, Ganassi connection there. This is the kind of racetrack where you know shows up and he he does his thing. You know he'll quietly be he'll quietly sit there, and then when it gets to the end of the race, he'll show up and he'll be up there in the top five. He's Had some bad luck so far in 2020, but you know Speed's been there. Uh, the speed has generally been there for these Ganassi cars, and uh, Kurt Busch finished third there last year, I believe, and uh, it's a track that suits him and his style. and And, it, and he won it at a one and a half mile racetrack, albeit an SMI one and a half mile racetrack. Uh, something I think it would be it wouldn't be a shock to me to see Kurt Busch go and uh, do well here on Sunday. It's a veterans' racetrack. You need a really be a manager of
0: everything and
2: uh, to make sure you can go and win this deal.
0: Yeah, and to me, there's just so many storylines. It's so early in the year and usually, you know, what I like to do with this early part of the year is sort of look at guys and drivers and teams and say, hey, they need to pick it up. Hey, they've struggled this year and, and I always, I do do that. Uh, I think one of the guys, a couple of guys actually that need a decent run here, one is Christopher Bell. I mean, I'm curious to see what's going to happen with him the rest of the season. I know it's early, and I know it's uh, four, four races into the season, but Bell has just been, for whatever reason, they just bad luck. You know, I, I think um, Bob Levine came out on Twitter and said something about not giving the best race cars. Maybe they've they've trimmed the cars out a little bit more than what they should have, uh, but they haven't run good at all. That ninety-five team, B. Benedetto was way better last year. I know it's only four races and it's early, but Bell's starting to dig himself into a big hole and. The thing you look out for that 95 team is, you know, they were sort of that fringe playoff team. A lot of people looked at and said, well, it's a rookie driver, but they're going to have a little bit more support from Joe Joe Gibbs racing this year. So we could see them maybe being that fringe playoff team, the guy that might get in and squeak his way in. If Bell continues this trend here the next two or three weeks, he's going to find himself in some trouble uh, and maybe not be given into a hole where he can't dig himself out of. And that's not good. So he's got to really pick it up. And and Donnie – I'm not saying you know run in the top ten and, and lead laps and all that kind of stuff, but top fifteens, you know, really to start up leading and get some points underneath that 95 team for the next couple of weeks. That's key for that for that team. Another driver, I think, that really needs to step it up is Ryan Priest. Uh, you know that 37 yeah. car last year, we we gave a lot of a lot of props to um, with with Chris Busher behind the wheel. They had what I think 15, 16, 17, something like that consecutive top 20 finishes, uh, and, you know, Priest is a guy who struggled last year, but I think everybody sort of gave him a a pass. Well, it's a 47. That was sort of AJ's old team. You know, uh, he was a rookie. It took him a while to get his feet on him. These cars drive a lot different. Well, there's no more excuse now. He's got a really good crew chief in Trent Owens. Trent Owens proved that last year. Uh, You know, he's got to pick it up. He's he's way back in points as well. Um, And another guy I'm keeping an eye on, guys, and I know I'm, I haven't really given my pick to win yet, but a guy I'm keeping keep my eyes on is William Byron. Byron, I thought, would come out of this this season like a rocket ship. You talk to guys, rightfully so, talk about Hendrick. Bowman's got to win. Chase has been fast. Jimmy Johnson's really proven himself to be very good so far early, early in this young season. But where's William Byron been? It just seems like, you know, Byron's been eh. And he's got to make that next step. He has to. Uh, this year. I, I, you know, if he doesn't, people are going to start whispering saying that it's another bus over there at Hendrick. So he has to start to pick it up here, that 24 car. Um, and I think it starts this weekend at Atlanta Motor Speedway. There's no excuse. He's got arguably the best crew chief in the garage with Chad Canals on top of that 24 pit box. Um, so, yeah, you know, and again, it, it, there's a lot of teams we still don't know a lot of things about. I think uh, a team that we're really not sure about is Stuart Haas. Good, but he's always good, but we're kind of in between, between Boyer and Amarola and the 41. So that team's kind of eh, you know, and will, will we see Penske continue their speed? You know, they, they've had speed in the 22 and the 12. The 21's shown good, and the, can the two rebound or keep the momentum from last week, even though they really weren't that strong in a mile and a half the first couple of weeks of this season. So a lot to look at in this Cup series, and, and maybe Atlanta will give us a little bit more of a, uh, an idea of who's going to be fast the Mark Turek Jr., for example, um, you know, he's a guy normally with, with Cole Pern, was fantastic on these mile-and-a-half tracks. They've struggled this year. And it's been bad luck, and it's only four races, but another guy who just needs to sort of have a run that he's expected to have and get a season going and get, you know, that good vibe going again, said, Okay, here we go. Now we got a good finish. Now we can build momentum off of that. So, uh, yeah, a lot of stuff to look at here in the Cup Series uh, here at Atlanta Motor Speedway. Hopefully we get all the, the – the, races in, and we don't get affected too much by weather, although right now the forecast really isn't looking great as far as that is concerned. Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening to Talking in Circles. I want to thank Philip Matthew and Spencer Cowan for joining me tonight. You guys are great as always, and we'll see you next time on Talking in Circles. Good night, everybody.